0: Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's So Widgets Flutter Podcast. My name is Hello Korn, In each episode, you get the chance to speak with another amazing member of the Flutter community. And this episode, we are extremely lucky speaking with Chris from the Flutter team. Welcome, Chris. Hey, hello. How are you? I am great. Thank you for joining us. We're going to talk about the incredible Flutter Engage event.
1: Uh, well, it's, uh, it's been a while since we've had to talk, so I'm, I'm happy to be here with you.
0: Welcome again, Chris. Chris, you are one of our favorite guests. You've actually, I think, our most popular guest you've been on. I think this is going to be your fourth episode. And so we'll have some of your earlier episodes linked in the podcast notes if people want to learn more about you. But we're going to skip all of your backstory. Uh, you have an amazing story, which we'll, which is shared on other episodes. And we're going to go right to Flutter Engage. Congratulations. This is a huge release of the Flutter team. I I can't imagine how much work you and the entire team have put into this. So just first off, on behalf of the community, just thank you for everything you've done. It's awesome.
1: Oh, Oh, are you kidding me? Let, actually, let me say it right back. We, this is a release that we couldn't have done without the community. The the just the number of, of of PRs and issues and and even reviews of PRs that come from the Flutter community as a whole is amazing. This that it is it is literally true that we just can't do Flutter without the uh, community um, involvement. The you know the wonderful people who give talks and and help us with the code base and, and produce the packages and plugins on PubDev. I mean, uh, we here at Google just happen to be you know part one part of a much bigger uh, Flutter community. So th- thanks, everyone out there for their hard work.
0: Awesome. All right, so the first big topic, the title, Flutter 2.0. That's huge. Uh, is it more symbolic? Is it more a statement of get ready for changes? What's it, what are you telling us developers?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, one thing I'm I'm not telling uh, developers with Flutter 2.0 is you know all your code breaks. In fact, um, uh, uh, one of the things we mentioned uh, in the in the keynote um, was you know that we're actually working really hard to make sure we break your code much less while still being uh, agile. Um, but but the idea with with Flutter 2.0. Um, is that this signals a couple of things. One, you know, the the landing of of null safety uh, means that uh, there's a whole class of errors that you no longer need to worry about uh, if you write your Flutter code uh, uh, using null safety um, and uh, use the non-nullable by default uh, typing. Um, That gives you that option. And the, to just that alone, is, as far as I'm concerned, is worth uh, a major version bump because it really does um, substantively change how you write your code if you choose to use this feature. Um, I love getting rid of null out of my code. That makes me so happy when uh, when I do it. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but take that on top of, gosh, you know, we... We've now been in uh, production for Android and iOS for more than uh, two years. Can you imagine that? It's just flown by, um, and uh, you know more than one hundred and fifty thousand uh, apps just in the Google Play Store alone uh, built with Flutter. Uh, these are and you know more than fifteen thousand uh, Flutter compatible uh, packages and and plugins on Pub Dev. These numbers are huge, right? So it also kind of signals um uh, a maturity of the platform right you know a lot of times uh, some developers are like oh uh, you know we we some more conservative developers hey we wouldn't we wouldn't touch the one um you know it's it's still it's still new it's too new right it, um but with with 2.0 is a signal that we really wanted to send about the maturity of flutter and we really believe and and you can see that in the ecosystem and the hardening of the platform and, you know, the increasing maturity of the, of the support for mobile, but then, you know, we're, we haven't stopped. Right. I mean, bringing web to stable is a huge deal and bringing uh, desktop to beta, you know, one step away from, uh, from stable, um, you know, all of that represents a huge maturity. And then, if you look at, uh, you know, our partners who are adopting it, right? If you look at um, the way Microsoft is adopting um, Flutter for their foldables and making sure that it's integrated uh, properly there, um, you know, Canonical is using it to build, uh, rebuild from scratch their setup uh, for Ubuntu. And of course, you know, uh, Toyota and, and using it um, uh, on, their, uh, on their dashboard for future versions of their cars. I mean... This is not. A, this is no longer uh, a 1.0 product, right? I think it's pretty clear.
0: A hundred percent. I spent all day and all night coding in Flutter, and just the growth I've seen personally over these past few years is remarkable. You talked about the number of packages, right? Fifteen hundred packages. That's incredible. Fifteen say 15,000, 15, 15, right? Fifty Because even to me, fi- to me, fifteen hundred would be amazing, right? That's the, that's the scale, right? The fifty thousand is
1: just hard to believe. Yeah, totally. I mean, when I joined the team uh, two years ago, we were at the 1500 level. And now to be 10 times that is, is nuts to me.
0: It's a huge tell about the growth of the, of the platform about Flutter, that developers are not committed to it. The developers have problems they need to solve themselves Are not creating these packages to fix their problems. And the net results, we all win. We all benefit. We end up with more packages in the ecosystem. Uh, and it just makes Flutter better for everyone. Oh, totally. Uh, so you touched on so many points there. So going to start tangenting off to, to separate ideas. Uh, so web going to stable that's massive that alone would be worth 2.0 and, and pretty incredible so a couple of questions here what are your thoughts on the different renderers on HTML versus the canvas renderer at this point are they both stable is it kind of a, is there a distinction there
1: yeah I mean um, they're they're absolutely both stable uh, and in fact um, you know the default mode when you do a, a renderer is to pick both renderers if you're on a desktop form factor browser um, you know uh, Chrome desktop or or Safari Desktop, you're going to get uh, CanvasKit uh, because it's going to run much faster, and um, I have much closer fidelity to you know what you want your uh, your Flutter app to look like and feel like, how it looks on every other platform. Um, but for mobile um, platforms, it's going to use the HTML renderer, um, and because that's higher performance um, on those uh, on those mobile devices, um, so they're they're both uh, at stable. But because they're stable it doesn't mean we're, we're done. And of course, you know, you, you, you watched us um, continue uh, to make uh, fixes and improvements uh, on our mobile platform, even though that's been unstable for more than two years. Uh, and we will continue to do that uh, on web as well. There's uh, there's lots of uh, room for improvement in both performance and functionality,
0: and we will continue to evolve that over time. Cool. So you also talked about null safety, which me personally is one of the features I'm most excited about. The migration tool is pretty amazing. If people haven't seen this, you can take your app and run it through this Dart migration tool, and it will suggest the changes needed to prepare it for null safety. And it was just so enlightening to, to kind of see an understanding of our code base with null taken out of it. Uh, but yeah, but null just disappears from the app, which is just this is amazing feeling. I had some questions about it. As a package developer, are there issues with Dart versioning? So as a pack developer to, to, to opt into this, you'd have to use the latest version of Dart. Does that mean that package users also need the latest version of Dart?
1: Yeah. So uh, backing up to what you're saying, right? I mean, you know, null just disappears from your code base. Uh, it would be a very rare code base indeed where the migration tool looked through your code and said, you're not using null at all. You don't, you don't need null. And let's not use null most uh just because it's you know the default um, in previous versions of Dart, most most apps do use null well, quite a bit actually it's just it's just part of the language and it has been uh, since the language was born so you know the, there's a lot of habits uh, to break to really take advantage of null safety that said the analyzer and we spend a bunch of time on the analyzer and that migration tool to look through your code and look for code paths that are specific that say, hey, in this path, um, you're not using null. Therefore, you, this doesn't have to be a nullable type. Um, and that kind of gives you a leg up to moving away from this idea of nullable types to non-nullable types. Uh, and then, you know, but it's a starting point, right? I mean, there there's uh, architectural considerations and things that the... Analyzer, no code analyzer could do, and, and for the developer to still do, they really want to squeeze uh, null out of their code, which I encourage. Again, you, you get to remove an entire class of errors out of your code. Who wouldn't who wouldn't want to do that? That's pretty amazing. Now, when it comes to uh, versioning, right? If uh, if a new version of the package comes out and says, "I want to be null safe." that means that of course it's adopting, you know, the latest version of, uh, dart. And that is what the version solver will look at and say, Oh, you know, the, the, um, the package needs, you know, the, this latest version, your application not using that version or rather your flutter install isn't you'll need, if you want to take advantage of that version of the package, um, that uses null safety, you'll have to update, uh, your, you know your flutter installation to match that it's just it just it's actually no different um, than any uh, package could take a dependency on any version of dart and flutter as their minimum and if they want to be null safe then then that that um, the the solver will properly point that out oh sorry you need you know uh, flutter 2 you need uh, uh, dart 112.
0: Thanks. That's much more precise. <laughs> That's a very good answer. Uh, my, back, my background isn't as an engineer, so I sometimes can kind of hand wave and just say it works. It's amazing. But yes, you're absolutely right. It doesn't actually remove null, but it surfaces it. And just seeing it surface was was really cool experience. The challenge I have, and the challenge we have as a company is we adopted Flutter very, very early, which is wonderful. But the problem now is we have a lar- large legacy code base. But I'm just really impressed of how good a job the migration tool does. Is it fair to assume if I run our app, no matter the size or complexity through the migration tool, that at the very minimum, it'll just run exactly the same? Couldn't introduce bugs, but won't necessarily obviously fix anything. Um, is that accurate? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, that's true. That turns out there are some things um, that the analyzer just can't fix. Uh, I'll give you one example, some things I run into in my code. Um, one is that we have deprecated um, uh, the uh, fixed size uh constructor for list so uh you were be, you, before you would say i want a new list and you know pass in a, a you know a fixed number oh well, i want this to have 10 items right um we, in the world of null safe if you're going to have 10 items you we have to know what the values of those items are right if, if it's mm-hmm. a nullable list that's fine right then you can say there's you know 10 nulls but you have to you have to you have to tell us, right, what you want, and so there's a uh, there's there's two uh, possibilities. You could um, there's two constructors essentially where you give it a set of one hard code value that you use for the whole thing, or one that's uh, called uh, generate, and that you know you you are essentially asked at construction time of that fixed size list what all the values are. Uh, and the problem is we on the analyzer. I mean, the analyzer itself doesn't know which one of these two options you want. So that's code you'll have to fix manually. But in general, yes, the whole point of that migration tool is, hey, let's let's move your code forward, um, you know, let you know where we're going to change the code. And you can give us hints and say, oh, actually, I don't want to change it this way. I want to change it that way. Um, and we found that, um, you know, of course, we've, made, we've moved huge code bases, uh, using this uh, tool ourselves. Um, you know, all the Dart libraries are moved this way, the Flutter framework itself, the Flutter libraries from the team. We use the migration tool itself. And of course, that was a way for us to dog food the migration tool and to make it better and better. Um, but we find, you know, on large code bases that it probably gets us 80 to 90% there and the rest is uh, engineering, right? Uh, somebody going in it and uh, making the changes themselves.
0: Okay, cool. That's helpful to understand. That's useful. So more topics. <laughs> so much stuff. Uh, so desktop <laughs> is now moving to beta, uh, which is awesome and really exciting. Okay. Can we talk about this a little bit? I just want to share my development workflow. We're working, working most on a Flutter web, web app, but we're able to develop it as a desktop app, which is really an, a great development experience. But it sounds like from the event that now we'll be able to stay on the stable channel and use desktop. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so let's let's pull that apart a little bit. Um, so, yes, Windows, Mac, and Linux support uh, for Flutter has moved from alpha to beta, which is a signal that okay, we are largely feature complete, um, uh, and we would love it if you would try this out. You know, uh, kick the tires, tell us what you think, tell us what's missing. That is critical for you. We have already a bunch of enthusiastic uh, Flutter developers that have been using even the preview and the alpha versions of Windows, and we've gotten a lot of uh, super helpful feedback from them along the way. But w- this is a signal, hey, we're, we're ready for even more of that, for even more uh, folks trying it. And we do find that the, uh, the use case that you mentioned, Hillel, is very popular, right? People can just, f- whatever you know they're running on Windows or Linux or, or Mac uh, when they're doing their development, uh, instead of um, waiting for an emulator to start up, um, they can, uh, you know, run their app and uh, desktop and be able to resize the window to whatever they want it. And, and um, there's this great plugin called Flutter Device Preview that, you know, allows you to say, you know, oh, oh I'm running the desktop, but it's inside of, you know, a, a really cool uh, image of whatever iPhone I want to try it on or Android or whatever. So there's suddenly a lot of options you get, Um, when you can just use the desktop as your flutter emulator right if you think about it that way Uh, or a flutter simulator i guess is a little is a little closer so that is a very popular use case so we by moving it to beta we get to expose that use case to more folks but then the other thing we did and this is an experiment um but what we find is uh you know it is a is a non-trivial this kind even uh Destructive in the sense that you actually replace your version of Flutter on your disk uh, operation to go channel to channel, right? So if you want to test something and you're normally developing on the stable channel, and you want to test against Web, you want to test against Desktop. In uh, obviously, this is no longer the case for Web. Web is uh, available on all the channels, but for Desktop, you had to you know go back to the Dev channel, and you know now if you want the latest bits for Desktop. You go to the beta channel, but what we did was we took this latest beta um, that we're shipping now, and we made it as a snapshot in the latest stable. And so you can get to this version of the um, the beta for desktop support without switching uh, channels. And as you know, hello, this you know this can take th- switching channels in Flutter, right? Going from stable to beta just to try something. Is like a go and get a cup of coffee kind of uh, of a maneuver, right? It's uh, it's yeah. overhead and it's overhead that that developers prefer not to have to go through. So what we did was we, we it's still behind a flag. You still have to use Flutter config and say I want you know Windows desktop support or Mac desktop support or, or Linux desktop support. But once you su- set that flag, what you're enabled you can stay on the stable channel but still use, still target the desktop with the snapshot of the beta that we ship uh, with this table. Now, uh, uh, let, me, let me say more about that. We're shipping uh, uh, the current version of the beta bits. And so it's really great if you want to try it out or if you want to use it in the development experience that you talked about, Hillel. But if you're actually targeting, I mean, if you're, if you're really doing uh, targeting a, a Flutter desktop, which we hear more and more uh, people are doing, you should be right now on the beta channel because that beta channel changes about once a month. So you'll get new new versions of the Flutter desktop uh, about once a month. Or if you go all the way to dev, of course, you'll you'll get those you know, uh, uh, several times a week uh, updates. And so if you actually care about changes in the desktop, right, if you if you want to get the latest desktop bits, then you know the stable channel. Is not the place to be because it's a snapshot, right? It's it's the latest beta. When we ship that stable, uh, but it's great for trying it out with zero overhead, right? You, you know, it takes it takes a second to f- to flip that bit, and suddenly, you know, you can unlock. Hey, I want to try it out. I want to do development and use desktop as a Flutter simulator. Uh, all the all the cool things you were talking about. Hello,
0: that's amazing. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to be using this every day. Uh, currently, as I mentioned, because I'm developing kind of a web app on desktop and we're also shipping it to mobile, I'm switching channels a lot. Um, one question I wanted to ask, I know there's, there's FVM, Flutter Version Manager, which is a community tool. Are there thoughts of incorporating something like that directly into Flutter itself? Are you familiar with FVM?
1: Actually, we have thought about it. we, we ha- Oh, I'm very familiar with Flutter Version Manager. Um, uh, I, I worked with the author there to... Um, uh, Make sure that we have um, both Windows and Mac support in the in the UI. Um, when we release the alpha of Windows, he, he's actually really great, and he's nice. built actually an amazing UI. I don't know I, know. I know probably a bunch of people use Flutter Version Manager on the command line, but the UI for it, the GUI, is just super great. Um, that that said, you know um, that tool exists largely because. Uh, there's a bug in the way we do it, right? The fact that you have to—it has to be dis- destructive when you switch versions of Flutter. That—that that is an artifact of the way we're deploying those bits. Um, and we have thought about, you know, how could we how could we do that differently in the future?
0: Cool. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure a thousand things that can be improved just by a matter of prioritizing, right? So many hours in the day.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of my closest friends in the world has a saying, he says, the the largest room in the world is the room for improvement.
0: I think the the challenge is both growing the the abilities, but also kind of keeping what's there as stable and as bug-free as possible. For example, the packages, I think, are a good example of that. That the packages, I think, probably could use more work and are getting more work. But how do you divide your resources between improving existing packages and then tackling these major challenges like desktop support and web support?
1: Wow. That is a deep question. And the answer is, uh, with all these kinds of deep questions, it depends, right? We, uh, we do our best. We have a limited number of resources, both when it comes to, um, you know, the actual engineers and the other supporting staff on our team, uh, as well as, um, you know, uh, contractor dollars, right. P- uh, people we can reach out and, and hire, uh, to help us, um, uh, as well as, you know, the the community itself, as it gets more and more mature. Uh, for example, we've been working with um, the Flutter community uh, to help us um, with some of our um, uh, plugins. Uh, and they've done an amazing job of bringing you know, uh, some of those plugins to uh, multiple platforms. Um, uh, and so, you know, we continue to work with them. We continue to work with uh, contractor uh, Baseflow, who has... Um, uh, helped us with our camera um, plugin, and we hope uh, will be able to help us uh, with other uh, plugins. Of course, uh, we we work extensively with Inverte's, who owns our Flutterfire uh, set of um, plugins, but has also helped us uh, in the last quarter of uh, last year um, bring our video player, um, uh, fix a bunch of issues uh, there, and bring that. Um, uh, much much higher in quality. So we continue to um, work and uh, improving uh, the the community and the ecosystem, Flutter ecosystem and packages and plugins uh, overall with as many of our own resources. Of course, we also have a Google a set of Google engineers um, that that that's their job as well. They're the ones that um, did all the work on platform views. Uh, enabling uh, all the, you know, the ads work. You, uh, we saw also that um, we're opening up the beta uh, for um, uh, Google ads uh, to making that available uh, in an open beta uh, for mobile. All of that boiled down to the, the platform views work so that we could build ads in a way that, that didn't uh, allow for um, fraud, right? That was a huge deal. But that platform views work, so it was instrumental there, but also we needed it to bring um, Google Maps and and the web view um, to 1.0 uh, status. That was all based around platform views, and so uh, our team works hard uh, to you know on the things that kind of were uniquely suited, right? As as Google employees, where we can work the, that 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 ecosystem team inside the Flutter team can work with the framework team, can work with the engine team, can work with Android, right? In the building down the street, right? To, to make sure we're doing the right thing there. So those are the kinds of things. That's how we we tend to think about it is what is the thing that uniquely uh, is suited for Google employees to do? What can we best do uh, when it comes to supporting the Flutter ecosystem with our packages and plugins, and then how do we get the community more and more involved over time uh, to empower them uh, on, on things that don't require, you know, a blue badge at Google uh, to be effective doing? Um, and so we continue. And again, this is another sign of, of the maturity of, um, of Flutter. Uh, you know, in the Flutter 2 timeframe, we... There's no way we could possibly even manage the 1,500 packages and plugins we used to have, let alone 15,000. Right? This we rely on the community uh, for this, and it's our job to kind of empower uh, the community uh, uh, to to make the ecosystem continuously uh, better.
0: Well said. Yeah, I can't imagine the the challenge you're up against. You're doing an amazing job considering uh, it's just going to get harder. I think as hard as it is now, as Flutter continues to grow has more adoption, these challenges get more and more difficult.
1: That's absolutely true, because while the vast majority of the plugins on Pub.Dev today support Android and iOS, in the future, we want them to support web and 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 three versions of desktop, right? So there's work that we have to do uh, to help migrate uh, those, those plugins so that as a Flutter developer, I can just say, oh, I want the camera. And... And then wherever you deploy the app to, the camera is there, right? I'll get the camera on Windows. I'll get the camera on Android. i get the camera on web, whatever that means, right? It'll, it'll just do the right thing. And we've got some work to do now. Um, and we have been doing that work for a while, as you know, um, as, as, as well as the community itself. But we've got some work to do to really kind of push the pedal to the metal and make sure that, you know, most of these plugins don't support two platforms. They support six uh, so that's uh, something that needs doing as well as, um, you know, we've done a big push uh, to make sure that the, the top uh, packages support null safety as well. But we've got work to do to enable the community to get to that next level where essentially all the packages you care about are already null safe. And you can just drop it into your null safe app and gain all the benefits of null safety. So 2021 so is a, a big, big year for, for the ecosystem and, and what we have planned there.
0: Absolutely. I would say federated plugins makes tremendous sense conceptually and technically. My concern would be more socially, that I find even on one platform, it's hard to get developers to work together and kind of contribute or collaborate on a package. You have this problem where someone makes a package and the next person goes, well, it doesn't quite do what I want. I'll make my own package. And they create their own package. And now with federated packages, the idea is ideally everyone's doing work on the same package together, just different platforms. But inherently, I find it's just, it's just nature of developers to want to build it themselves right? I think it's something we have to battle, I think, as a community and try to encourage developers to collaborate and say, well, even though, you didn't, even though you didn't start this, it can be good to add to someone else's project. Um, that's hard.
1: Yeah, we uh, we invented federated uh, plugins for uh, to solve just that problem that you laid out, by the way, right? So before federated plugins, if you wanted to add, you know, web support to a plugin that already supported Android or iOS, or you wanted to Add Mac support or Windows support or whatever. You had to actually check the code into that repo and expand the tests so that they worked not only on mobile but but web and, and Windows and whatever set of platforms you wanted. And you had to you had to all coordinate in the same repository. The idea of, of federated plugins is while it's logically the same plugin. From a user point of view it can actually it, it is actually physically multiple different plugins that can be in multiple repositories and have different sets of tests and different you know uh, continuous integration and deployment uh, platforms and schedules and it actually allowed you to say okay you know you windows people can work over here if that works best for you and uh you know us uh, mobile folks will there and you web people can work over there. But at the end of the day, we're all implementing the same interface. And therefore, you know, at the top level, we can say, oh, it's just one plug-in. A Flutter developer can pull that in and then the compiler can sort it out and pick, you know, whatever the appropriate implementation is based on the platform you're targeting. That That is, uh, it's not an ideal situation, of course, because you still have to ultimately write the code, but it allows you to se- have separation of concerns, if you will, um, across different uh, platforms or, or platform categories. And we found that this is how we build uh, things at Google. Without Federation, you know, we, we it would have been much harder for the desktop team to add support for desktop to the plugins we care about, and for the web team uh, to add support for the web uh, plugins that we care about. Um, uh, but whereas with federation, it's still hard, but it's it's much, much more doable. Uh, different people have different skills, as you pointed out.
0: Right. Absolutely. Right. It's exactly for one developer to have the skill set to implement on six different platforms. It'd be very, very unlikely and challenging. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there are other yeah. things also you mentioned there. I mentioned at the event I'd love to talk about is the renaming of Dart DevTools to Flutter DevTools. Uh, that seems like a small change, but is that more significant of kind of how you're perceiving uh, the tools?
1: Actually, uh, what's going on there, we're we're actually being a little more clever than that. Um, w- w- depending on the the thing you're debugging, you will get a different name. So if you're debugging a pure Dart app, it will be called Dart DevTools, and you'll have the Dart-related tools available to you. If you're debugging a Flutter app, it will be called Flutter DevTools, and you'll have the Flutter-related um, tabs available to you. Uh, But the, uh, and so, you know, we're kind of a little clever there. But the reason we made this change is because we were finding some people, um, uh, some Flutter developers, especially new Flutter developers, right? Of course, you know, as Flutter continues to grow, we're getting more and more new Flutter developers all the time. And they looked at the name of this tool as Dart DevTools, assuming they even saw it. And they're like, "Uh, does that apply to me? I'm doing Flutter. Shouldn't I have Flutter developer-related tools? Why? I don't know what this Dart DevTools thing is. But just with that simple rename, as well as some other things uh, in the demo uh, uh, you saw, which was you know, being able to, you know when there is an exception that we think we can help you solve inside of Flutter DevTools, popping up a little message box that you can click and, and it will actually bring the dev tools into your ide and bring you to the specific problem um, in that area um, you know these are the things that we want to do we've we actually get feature requests all the time for features we've already implemented in dev tools and so you know this simple rename you know simple links that that bring you know, the dev tools right into your IDE so you don't have to go, you know, somewhere special. And we'll just start it up for you and make it available. These are simple things that we're doing to try to make it easier for Flutter developers to s- discover these tools and to use them and to make their apps even better because the tools were there.
0: Nice. Very cool. That makes a lot of sense. Another topic I really would love to go into more detail about is just Toyota's decision to use Flutter. I can't imagine how much effort went into that process. I'm sure it wasn't a quick decision on their part. Can you talk about the backstory, uh, how that started, and how that developed?
1: Uh, Yeah, um, that was a really interesting process. Actually, Um, what happened was uh, Toyota uh, reached out to us, and they had done some um, some prototyping, and they they had, in fact, they'd done quite a bit of prototyping. The 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 way they built it is they had made a commitment um, uh, a, a while ago uh, to use uh, automotive uh, automotive grade Linux um, in in their you know in car systems, and so they were saying well what's the best UI that we can build on top of on top of automotive grade Linux and of course as part of our desktop support we Flutter supports Linux. But the, um, it was, uh, as you might imagine, right, desktop Linux and embedded Linux are, are, are different beasts, right? And so they had done uh, quite a bit of engineering already to figure out, okay, how do they get, they have their own builds of Flutter. They use uh, the, you know, the, the Flutter source code, the same Flutter source code that anyone else has, but they have their own builds because they have their own implementation of the embedding API. So, you know, they have their own implementation of the thing that connects Flutter to the underlying uh, operating system, and uh, uh, because we are flexible in that way, because Flutter is is meant to work, you know, across platforms, and it has this very portable part, and then you know this this API that brings the two things together, right? The underlying operating system at, you know and a, and a host as the host of this Flutter engine. Because we have that, they were able to say, "Okay, we're going to implement this API. We'll bring in Flutter. Um, we're, you know, we we already know how to do it with Linux, but we have to, you know, make it different so it supports embedded Linux." Uh, and and by the way, they're 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 not the only ones who have done this kind of thing. There have been other folks that have played around with this and, and given talks at conferences, and you know, have have um, uh, played around with this work. Toyota is not the only one to to do this, but they're the you know the the first ones to commit and say you know not only is this great, um, but we're going to use this in future versions of your car. Can you imagine? Right. I mean, uh, I've already I've already volunteered my garage as an extension of the test lab. I'm happy to run a test device car uh, to make sure that Flutter is running. Flawlessly, and um, you know, I, from a security point of view, they've already told me no, I can't do this. But I really want to write apps, Flutter apps, for my car. I, can you imagine how great that would be? Um, I love it. I'm yeah. hoping I can, you know, plug in a USB cable at just the right place and and do uh, side loading into my into my future car. Because of course, I will own you know whatever the f- the first car is that runs Flutter. Are you kidding?
0: That's that's amazing. That's really really cool. And I'm sure it's just the first of many. I imagine many of the car manufacturers are going to see what Toyota are doing, uh, and say, "Hey, that's a good idea. Why don't we look at that?" Love to see Tesla, <laughs> Tesla flutter flutter dashboard, but never. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: Tesla's awesome because it has that enormous screen, right? I mean, sure. that would be that would be awesome yeah. to, yeah. you know, Elon, if you're listening, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to hook you up. <laughs>
0: right. Right, we'll help. We'll provide developer support. We'll do whatever you need. No problem. Absolutely, hundred percent. So, one really interesting topic that was brought up at the event is Flutter Fix. Can you describe it a bit more?
1: Yeah, the the the, the uh, so the basic problem that you come across. The biggest problem is that you come across when when any stack of technology, uh, UI framework or backend framework or whatever kind of you know library um, that you have. Uh, as it matures, as, as Flutter is, is doing, um, uh, there's this real risk that because the existing code base of you know the collective number of, of uh developers using that technology increases, they become more and more resistant to change, right? They don't want to uh, change their code because uh, the API got better. They just want their code to continue to work. The problem then is that you often end up with these technologies that get uh, stale over time, static, right? They, they're not allowed to change because then they break all these apps. And so as something matures, it also gets worse in general. And and we don't want that for Flutter. So um, what we want is the ability to continue to be agile, right, as we can improve add new APIs, as we can improve uh, existing APIs, as, as we look at some APIs and go, we, we nobody should really be using that. We want to be able to make those changes and keep Flutter, the Flutter API, uh, which is, by the way, one of the, one of the best parts of Flutter is how easy that API is to use. We want to con- uh, continue for it to be a fantastic API for, for years and years to come. And we don't want it to calcify. We don't want it to get stale. But that requires breaking changes on the other hand you've got an increasing uh, number of flutter developers an increasingly large code base who you know that um, breaks when you make breaking changes so what we did was we kind of borrowed um, uh, a page from uh, another uh, development language at Google go go has this amazing ability when you know as they move forward and they make Change in their compiler and their language and their standard libraries, you can just go to the command line and say, uh, go space fix. And it will just go through and update your code and remove, you know, your use of uh, deprecated APIs and, and features and such like. And it's fantastic because it gives them the ability to continue to make these breaking changes while still not actually breaking anyone, right? You can just, you know, do a quick go fix and boom, your code's up to date and off you go. So that's where a Flutter fix came from. The, the actual underlying um, command line is Dart fix because there's nothing Flutter specific. It's your Dart code and, and you know, as APIs become uh, deprecated. Uh, so you go to the command line and in a project and just do Dart fix and it will just migrate uh, everything for you. And you're allowed to, you, by default, you can see what's going to change and then you can say, okay, apply those fixes and it, it will do the, the trick for you. Uh, and you do that in bulk across your whole project. And so the underlying command is is DartFix, but the data it gets is actually embedded um, in the Flutter SDK. Um, so, you know, it's the combination of this this DartFix uh, command and this data that comes with Flutter that says, here are the fixes, right? As we deprecate APIs, we're going to add, uh, for every possible thing we can, fixes into those files so that, you know, Future breaking changes not only come with okay, you know we're we're now breaking this API, but we're also adding data to the fix so that people can just migrate their code automatically and and keep on going. Um, and so the API gets better, but we don't break people. And then the the other thing you get is because all of this is all data driven, right? These fixes are defined in a in a YAML file because these, these are all data driven we can also pick up this this data and, and drop it into the IDEs as quick fixes as well. So you uh, you know a lot a lot of times in Visual Studio code or IntelliJ there's like a little light bulb and you can hey we can make this code better for you. The, the changes, the migration forward for deprecated apis are now part of those quick fixes. So you press the light bulb and it'll say oh this API is deprecated you know click here and I'll just um, update your code to use the non deprecated version. Um, And so it's just all of that together, right? The command line and the data and the integration with the IDEs, all of that together is what we call Flutter fix. Um, And it's not everything yet. Um, It's like 30 or 40 uh, deprecated APIs uh, that we're fixing. Um, uh, But we plan on um, adding, as I say, as we make new breaking changes in the future, we plan on as much as we can adding uh, descriptions of those future uh, features into the fix uh, YAML. And then as well, um, uh, we still plan on bringing other uh, deprecated APIs that we haven't covered uh, in the data uh, in as much as we can. Uh, so this is an initial version. It doesn't fix everything, unfortunately. But um, th- like the rest of Flutter, it, it's something that we continue uh, to grow and change over time.
0: Amazing. Uh, it sounds incredibly useful. <laughs> I wish I had it. Dart fix, fix all my bugs. Uh, sadly, I don't think that exists yet. Maybe one day. Maybe, maybe Should <laughs> sure, work on that. <laughs> you Can't fix bugs, unfortunately.
1: A- actually, there was an old uh, Dart fix command, all one word, um, that had a bunch of analyzer things that it could do, like you know, best practices, like hey, you know, replace double quotes with single quotes because that's the Dart style, and things like that. Those, all of those things, are still there as well. So they're uh, they're not really bugs, but they're kind of lints that that we we have graduated to, you know, all Flutter or all Dart code should just be written this way. So in addition to the deprecated changes and all the data-driven work we're doing there, all of those old kind of, you know, lint style things that we can fix in your code, we'll we'll do that as well. So, you know, Dart fix is just a good thing to to get in the
0: habit of doing because uh, it just makes your Flutter code better. Cool. So I think we covered everything. Is there anything you think we missed that we should talk about? Uh, just uh, you, I think you pointed this
1: out at the beginning, right? Um, the 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 this has been an incredible amount of work. We've actually been working on a, a, you know this big two o release for gosh a year or or more now. I mean, it takes a lot to kind of um, uh, uh, get everyone on the same page about you know what what comes with a two o release, and and the team has been working incredibly hard in a very hard. 12 months, right? I mean, this is this has been a hard 12 months for everyone in the world. Um, and so to watch the team uh, come together with the community and to be able to produce something that takes this incredible amount of work, it's just, it has been an honor for me to, to actually be on the Flutter team during all of this and to work with, with people like you, Hillel, in the community. It's just been a, an amazing experience.
0: Oh, thanks. The honor is definitely mine. The privilege is mine. I would say if I make a quick public service announcement, as Flutter gets bigger and bigger, it's that much more important that as a community. We support the Flutter team. I think one of the great ways we can do that is provide good feedback on GitHub. So that would be using the upvotes to think upvote things you like and to not comment and say me too or when will that happen. And so as you subscribe to more issues is if we as a community keep adding these plus one comments, then everyone gets notified. It's not not, not a lot of fun. But if we use the upvotes, we can then still express what's important to us. And the Flutter team, I assume you sort by upvotes and you can use that to prioritize your work. And yeah, and just thank you. The work you guys are doing has tangibly made my life dramatically better as a programmer. Flutter is awesome. I am no longer centering divs in HTML or CSS. <laughs> I wrap it in a center widget. I'm done. It's just gotten much better. Uh, so thank you, Chris, for all your efforts and the entire team. And yeah, we can't wait for Flutter 3.
1: Oh, No. Oh no. Did we set that expectation? I right. think about that. You're totally, you're totally right.
0: Well, yeah. Although th- I always think about right, like Rocky one, Rocky two, we were both good. Rocky three, not so good.
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll, we'll endeavor to break that particular pattern. Uh, and I will, I will say that you're totally right. Well, we do sort by thumbs up. So, um, uh, Whatever data you can add to a bug that helps us narrow it down or make it re- more reproducible or actionable is always appreciated. But we do absolutely sort our issues at, uh, by um, by thumbs, so to, as a way to help us prioritize our our work. So uh, that's a good tip. Hello, thanks for that.
0: All right, so Chris, thank you so much again for this episode. Uh, it was really informative. Again, congratulations, and thank you to the team. And hopefully, have you again another episode soon.
1: Of course, um, my pleasure. Always happy to, uh, to, to be on It's All Widgets, hello.